Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 70. My guest today is Lindsay Padilla of Build a Better Beta and lindsaympadilla.com. I am so excited to share this conversation with you that Lindsay and I had just a couple of days ago. Lindsay was first mentioned on this podcast two episodes ago when I had Jessica Wayman on. Jessica told me how much she was impacted by Lindsay's work and how Lindsay's program just makes sense for so many online entrepreneurs. So I knew I had to have Lindsay on the podcast. Lindsay quickly agreed. We got it recorded. And here I am presenting this episode to you. Before we get into the conversation with Lindsay, I want to remind you that the Tech of Business Agency is here to help you do whatever you want to accomplish online so that you can get your message to the right people faster, more efficiently, and not have to worry about the technology. If you are interested in finding out what we offer, please head over to the website techofbusiness.com and take a look around. The Work With Me page is probably a great place to start. And finally, I want to always remind you that callwithjamie.com is one of my favorite ways of getting to know podcast listeners. So all you need to do is go to callwithjamie, C-A-L-L-W-I-T-H-J-A-I-M-E.com and book a 15-minute call where you can share what you love about the podcast, what you'd like to see more of, and maybe even some of the struggles you're having so I can address those on the podcast for you and the rest of the listening community. So again, thank you so much for being a podcast listener and let's get into this conversation with Lindsay. Lindsay, welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I am really delighted to have you here and that uh, we're going to get to talk about tech from your perspective. So before we jump into all the tech and all the goodies, let's uh, make sure that the audience knows a little bit about you and Mm. what your signature program is. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Jamie. This is going to be a fun conversation. I used to love talking about uh, the tech side of teaching. And um, I taught online for a really long time at a community college. Um, so I've been teaching uh, using tech, gosh, as long as I could, I guess. Um, so yeah, hi, everybody. Um, I basically built a business off of me being an ex-professor of sociology at a community college, um, alluding to all the teaching with tech. And I recognized pretty quickly in my business that um, a lot of entrepreneurs weren't really sure how to teach, how to organize content, what technology that they needed to be able to deliver content. And, um, and I've also been recently, more recently, serving teachers and helping them actually become entrepreneurs because I have a lot of 
teachers, educators, professors, people of, um, you know, education backgrounds within institutions, whether K through 12 or college, who are like, oh, how did you do what you do right now? Um, and so I've been kind of doing a mix of those um, for the last few years. And my signature program is called Build a Better Beta, which is all about um, how to launch a course quickly and easily with as little tech as possible um, <laughs> so we can get it out there and get it validated. And so you can actually start teaching, which my audience, people that follow me or um, have care about anything I say, <laughs> tend to really focus on teaching and love serving large groups of people and a little, they're not really loving the one-on-one -on -one, um, jam in business, um, which I was doing for too long. <laughs> I was miserable and I didn't know it. Um, so now I get to teach a lot more by serving um, my students and build a better beta. So it's really fun. And I just am excited to help people who've been sitting on courses, you know, for five years or a whole year, just far too long because of all the things they thought they had to have ready before they started teaching. And I just don't think that that's true. I would agree with you that it's, you grow your course based on the feedback. There are very Correct. few things that you actually need when you're, you know, I mean, like I'm just thinking most of the time when a client comes to me and has says, Jamie, we need to put this whole thing together. I'm like, okay, so that's how many phases? That's yeah. Question is, cause like, let's get phase one out as quickly yep. as possible. And then from there we can iterate and we can learn what our students actually want, where they get hung up, how we have to expand and evolve. And it's not worth spending six months, eight months, two years <laughs> trying to put it together and assume, you know, put a lot of assumptions into your yep. heads. So build a better beta. I just mm -hmm. love, love, love that name. I mean, like, thanks. Brilliant. Um, Thank you. And the idea being that you get to put out your minimal viable product. Correct. Yeah. So I, I do talk about minimum viable product. I'm not the first person to talk about pre-selling by any way, shape or form. Um, but I, what I do think that is missing from this is the teaching side, which you alluded to in, in just you talking about like, oh yeah, this happens in phases. I think we've been learning from marketers how to create courses and um, because that's what they did, right? They're like, oh, I can help many people instead of just a few. And so then they turned around and started creating these what I call info products that are textbooks, right? Mm -hmm. I don't really actually even think they're courses because I do believe courses are true learning experiences. Um, and something that I was involved in my whole life was having a course every semester, you know, multiple sections that I taught. And it was a learning environment that I was created. Students had access to me. They had access to each other. They were in a discussion. There were assignments. There was also a textbook. Um, and so I'm really trying to to reframe this idea of what it means to teach a course and how, yes, you can provide a textbook to anybody and say, go learn physics. But if I tested you a week or two later, like how, how good do you think you would do just off of a textbook? And so I think marketers haven't really thought about the learning environment or anything like that. And they didn't need to, right? So like we're, we're courses are, we're in a mature market for courses now. And the people who buy the products are a lot more critical and are um, making sure that they're spending money appropriately because it's not a new shiny thing. Um, so all that being said, um, the idea of the minimum viable product, I think it sits a little uneasy for people who 
um, you know, they're, they want to make sure their students get results. They want to make sure that there's a transformation that they're promising. And so when you say minimum viable, it sounds like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Or I'm like, I'm, I'm just making it up as I go. I got your money though. And like, it's going to be really hard to sell something that you don't fully trust or believe in. And so a reframe that I like to give for people is it's not really a minimum viable product. I'd rather rename it something like a minimum awesome course because <laughs> it's not an app, right? It's not because that all the MVP comes from the startup world. You know, we're not creating an app. We're, we are promising a transformation to these people. And right. like, we want to make sure we deliver on it. And so it's awesome. What makes it awesome is it's an intimate co-creative experience. And so um, we were kind of chatting a little bit before we started recording and the idea that um, you could even assume everything and exactly where your students are when they buy your thing. Um, I mean, that's uh, one of the biggest mistakes you could even make. Um, I, I don't think it's really about am I able to teach this knowledge? Like you have the expertise, you know what you're doing in that sense. But the, it's more from the student perspective where it's like, oh, who raised their hand and actually paid you and gave you their credit card? That's mm -hmm. what you need to take care of. And we have our picture of the ideal student and we think we know what problem we're solving and we think we know where they're starting, but like the credit card, when it gets thrown at you, who is it? And can right. you adapt quickly to that person who shows up? And that's why I, I basically teach not to pre-record anything and not even to pick a learning management system or a platform yet until you just live taught in a workshop setting because that is going to give you the most flexibility um, and will allow you to truly listen to your students in a live setting, which is, you know, um, I just, I didn't realize how few people were doing it in that way or who thought that that was allowed, um, that they were allowed <laughs> to like charge money for that kind of experience. And it's like, no, 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 like you and your knowledge and your expertise, that is what is valuable. It is not how fancy your graphics are or what your learning management system looks like. It's truly you, your students, and you know, like that's all a course is like, uh, and when you boil it down to its basic, basic thing. And so when you start with phase one, it should really be, how can I help these people get from point A to point B? I think that's brilliant. And yes, absolutely. And that's really why I think that it's so valuable for people to be listening to this podcast, because there are so many tech options out there. There are a lot. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, is most of the tech tools that are out there that the gurus or that other people are using are going to work. Yeah. They may not work the best that they, you know, like there's going to be one thing that's going to work best for you, for your business, but that doesn't mean that the other solutions out there aren't going to work. So you can get just stuck in the weeds with this, yep. this little detail. I see it all the time on Facebook, you know, when in groups, like people ask, should I be on this platform or this platform? And all I want to do is wring their neck and say, can we just have a conversation and because it's about the relationship, if I know where that person wants to be in six months or a year, mm -hmm. I can absolutely suggest two or three pieces of software that are going to help them get there. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just like one comment in an, in a thread of 400 comments, my, my value isn't demonstrated. No. 
they're not going to be any clearer after that question has been answered by 400 people than they were beforehand. And so I really like the fact that you're, you're like, let's just cut away all the noise. What is our fastest way of getting someone from what they want to seeing that result? Yep, exactly. And I, you know, I see this a lot in my students and I think this is what, um, has been refreshing, like why people are like, whoa, I've never heard anyone say it like that, Lindsay, you know, and it's, I think it's because, um, I think in this space, a lot of our validation comes from outside, like the external validation of, um, you know, revenue that you're hitting or like what your website looks like and, and like the way we show up online and, and that's all fine. And like, I, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but what it does is it, puts doubt in the minds of people who really do have information that they could teach a lot of people. A lot of my followers and people who, um, you know, my, my customers really come from this base of like, they're very credible. They've been teaching something for 20 years or, you know, or in person, but they're moving online and they Mm -hmm. just don't know where to start. And I'm just like, you know, that is valuable. Like what you are coming to the table with is valuable. And I know it feels like deciding between two different platforms is the biggest business decision you'll make when in reality, it's, uh, the momentum that like actually having dollars in your bank account. And that's the <laughs> hard part though, right? The, mm-hmm. the easy part is posting in a Facebook group and getting a hundred comments and clicking on the pricing tables and just like pretending that that's moving your business forward. But the thing that's truly going to move your business forward is starting to serve people um, Mm -hmm. and making those bigger decisions. And so I think a lot of times people put these tiny decisions in their way just so they can avoid the real true hard work about putting yourself out there and selling something, which is really what people are trying to avoid doing, um, is the rejection. Um, And I know one of the biggest fears that comes with launching a course is having no one buy. Right. As somebody who also has launched a course, but helped lots of people, uh, big names, like six figure, multi-million dollar courses. We're on the back end, like helping them make sure their content is awesome and consumable and all these fancy things. I was scared crapless to to launch because I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to be looking at my course. Like it it has to be the best because I'm the course creator. Right. And, and that's, I, and that was the thing. So I have the same fears and I don't think you can avoid those fears, but, um, if we can minimize the, um, if we can minimize the, I guess the like mental emotional toll that whatever the result we, um, get, like minimize that that isn't actually connected anything to our value and our worth or our abilities as a business owner. And that we're literally just testing a product. That's all it is. And so I'm, and that's where it's like, when we start selling something that we've spent years creating and making sure the graphics and the everything and the videos, yeah, no wonder why it's going to be a lot scarier to have zero people because now not only is it just like you're like all this work, but it's um, the emotional attachment to the thing that you created. And so I was like, oh, when we strip away all of that um, and we take it down and it's like, it's literally, I want to help you solve a problem 
do you think my course is a solution? And if no one says yes, then it's not that you're the problem. It's, you know, it's the marketing likely. It's likely traffic and market fit and like the messaging around it. It's not actually your knowledge and expertise that no one wants. Um, and yeah, so I, I think, you know, build a better beta and just the mindset of running a beta I always tell my students, man, you're just collecting data. That is it. And if you sit around the deciding platform, like software and all that stuff, um, you never collect that data. And um, it's just more time that goes by. And that's one of the currencies as entrepreneurs we have is time, right? And so as that time is going by, right? So that's why people are like, oh, like Lindsay has gotten me to move off my butt because I'm, rec I'm showing them, I'm reflecting back to them that teachers know enough and like, you just need to actually start teaching. That's like where all the value is. Totally. I, I'm hearing this and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so we're talking about that textbook. Like I want to go back to that. Oh yeah. The textbook. textbook. Mm -hmm. I really, really liked that. Your textbook is something that, I mean, like, just think about it in, in school. The teachers who teach those classes are excellent teachers because they're teaching what they know and they're using the textbook as reference. Yes. <laughs> so I could write your textbook and you could teach and we could not ever have any association with each other. My textbook could be just part of your course. True. And you could be far more successful than I am at teaching that material because uh -huh. you've made a connection with your audience. Mm -hmm. You've mm -hmm. sold them into your philosophy of how to interpret this yes. material. You are a really good student. <laughs> Yes. If someone were to see the video right now, they would see us like giving, you know, fist bumps. Yeah, and we're definitely that. smiling at each other. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, that it was something that like that really like it stuck out to me. I mean, I'm I work in a lot of course courses. Yeah. I work on the back end, making sure that all the pieces fit together so that a lot of moving parts. So yeah. that the content is delivered on time and on schedule. Yeah. And I have this one client that I'm working with right now, and they have been teaching this program in person for 20 years. They are experts. Yep. They know that as soon as they open the doors online, they're friends of their students from the past 20 years yep. are going to be knocking on that door. So they, they have spent more time building out the course than I generally suggest. <laughs> mm, <laughs> like, and yes. They, you know, fair enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, how is what they're doing the same as what Lindsay's suggesting, but also different. And I think the biggest thing is, is that they have been teaching in an unconventional classroom. Yeah. And so they've been, they've created all the material already. So that they're just bringing their existing content online. Yeah. Much like anybody who teaches a workshop or things like that. You don't necessarily have to start with a beta. If you already have the audience, you already have the material, you already True. know what you're selling and what results you're going to give, mm -hmm. at which point then the tech can make a difference. <laughs> yeah, totally can enhance the experience a thousand percent. Yep. Yeah. And so it, it, there's, there's definitely that juxtaposition. And I think everybody who's listening, they may, you know, fall somewhere between never having taught on their own two feet, you know, yep. and having been in the world of teaching for 20 something years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
I love tech, you know, I love tech, um, but tech doesn't have to be the stopgap, but it does have to provide some level of comfort when you're coming online. When True. you are talking with your clients and your, your students and helping them get over that tech hurdle, what types of tools? And you, don't mm. have to, you can use names, you don't have to use names. Again, I'm tool agnostic. It's totally fine to drop names, you know, if you want. Um, but what types of tools do you find you shove people toward or pull them away from? Ooh, that's a good question. I like the way you said that like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think t like technology can enhance teaching, like it can enhance good teaching. It can ruin good teaching if used <laughs> inappropriately. Right. Um, and that works for, yeah, whether you're in a classroom or online, because it really does, um, you know, create uh, the experience. And in fact, it's hard to teach outside of the technology like it ends up creating what the experience is like and we wish we could change some of the things about the tech and the tools but um we can't and so um you know how do you as the educator like really fill the gaps between where the technology isn't creating a great learning en environment and like how can you um add to that and that's where i think the teacher comes in like we kind of alluded to so when i am recommending um tools for my students um like I said, I'm I'm not big on them pre-recording any software, so we don't get into using any fancy things um, for a little while. And we do try to help them, um, yeah, really spend as little as possible on the front end for somebody who doesn't have the audience, and we're not sure if the if the you know, the thing is going to sell or fly. So um, we keep it as minimum as possible. So most people have some sort of webcam. Um, and even what, you know, whether we recommend something like the Audio Technica, which I see you're using too, like it's a great mic. Um, it yeah. has its pros and cons in different settings, but um, for the audio for a student to listen to, it's, it's pretty great. Um, and so you know, because you're not pre-recording, um, it tends actually to feel a lot more organic. And so we recommend things like Google Docs for workbooks um, and like our lesson planning and, and having the students, um, or sorry, having my students, not the students of the people who I'm talking about, um, be able to edit the doc live on the fly when an idea comes up that they weren't thinking about. And that's where I'm all about flexibility in the early stages of the course. I'm in the first stages of the course. And so we recommend things like Google Doc. We recommend um, Zoom, um, specifically Zoom Pro, um, and making sure you can record it and um, making sure it can be a workshop style thing. That is that is my starting point and what I recommend for my students when it comes to delivering the content is using it in a workshop setting. So I teach them how to lesson plan and how to engage, you know, adult learners for a couple hours and to um, solicit feedback and to pay attention to those kind of things and to pay attention to uh, when you're talking too much, you know, how can you ask questions? So I am teaching them how to teach in so many ways. Um, and so Zoom, again, 15 bucks a month. I say if they can afford it to do 55 a month because they do get the live streaming. And so Facebook becomes the classroom, right? If the textbook is, you know, the content that you're creating, 
Facebook is the classroom where the where they can talk to each other and they can get to know you better. And so because of that, um, I like to stream the module, like the workshops that I host um, in beta form, because then I don't have to actually spend time uploading and downloading and making sure the video records. And that actually students, you know, some students can't attend in Zoom and they love attending on Facebook and commenting there. So it actually opens engagement and, and gives another way of a student to join um, the learning material. So that's kind of it. If you notice, I did <laughs> not make any sort of learning platforms. Um, However, we have recently um, shifted the program. So that's how we've been and at its bare minimum, what we teach. Um, and however, one of the messiest things is collecting payment, like getting paid <laughs> <laughs> is bananas, right? Like we're just trying to run a business and get some cash, right? So um, in the early days of us teaching Build a Better Beta, before we moved to Member Vault, we would teach people how to set up a paypal.me link and just say like, hey, it's in its early stages, here it is. They're not doing shopping carts. They're not doing anything fancy, right? Uh-huh. And that's fine, except it's a little less easy as you may seem, because then all of a sudden people are like, well, what if someone needs a payment plan? And I'm just like, oh, they have a student, but the student needs, you know, a little bit of some wiggle room with cash and setting up PayPal subscriptions. That is, if anyone's ever tried it, I'm sure Jamie knows, it's not simple. Um, it's doable and there's some weird hacks and stuff, but it's just not as easy as I'm trying to make it seem. And then and then we started working with Member Vault. And here is a platform that does a lot of cool stuff um, that I wasn't even wanting my students to really pay attention to. But the cool part about it is all the premium features um, are available for you to use up into 15, 50 users. And so most of my students' betas aren't as high as 50. Yes, we've had many people have over 100, but even still, if you got 100 people paying you, you're gonna be okay paying 40 bucks a month or whatever it is. And so that was such a game changer because it allows PayPal and Stripe integration so people can pay either way. It allows subscription and payment plans. And so that was when I was like, okay, you don't have to put anything in Member Vault, but to use it as your payment system where you can make a chart and you can make a product really easily that you can send a link to somebody, boom, now we're in business and it's made, a lot, it's made it a lot easier. And if you want to upload the, the module and the workshop videos, you can, but I try to tell my students like, hey, you should like really focus on teaching and like making your lessons awesome and making your workshops awesome. If like you're struggling to learn a new platform during you holding space for your new students, it's not ideal. So I tend to have, I tend to say it depends on how experienced you are and how much you enjoy learning new software um, <laughs> to, to decide whether or not you should use it. Yeah. So, I mean, Member Vault, as everyone knows, back in uh, January of this year, I did a five-part series, and I will definitely have a link to that. Uh, the first episode was with uh, the CTO, the founder, uh, Mike Kelly. But so, Member Vault, I really love the implementation that you're using yeah. it for. You're using it for the most relevant piece for, your, for yourself, for your business, for where you want to take your students. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is keeping a very streamlined tech stack, keeping yes. as few pieces of, of technology in place so that you have fewer moving parts. And I also say, let's 
implement everything we possibly can with that system, which is very different than what you're saying right now. But what you're saying is in phase one, again, we're going back to those phases in phase one, implement the payments, Yeah, your payments going in the way that they are work on your relationships, work on the teaching, work on the, uh, on the, what makes value, what makes it so Mm. that you're going to get a testimonial and a referral the next time you run this course. Yep. Then once that, that chapter is done, once that phase is done, you can look back and say, my clients wanted the material off of Facebook. They wanted it Mm. off of their Mm -hmm. email. Okay. I am now going to put this into a member vault course. And so then you're using another piece of it. And so you're yep. kind of building out. And then, I mean, Member Vault has a lot of features that not everybody needs to use right off yeah. the bat. So even though I say, and I want to make sure that the listeners who listen to me every week understand that it's not like I'm saying you have to implement everything at once. It's that you have to exhaust that piece of software until it no longer serves you. Mm. And so I really like the fact that you you do this stair-step approach with Member Vault, just like with any other piece of software. I also really want to call out what you said about using Zoom. Ah, because Zoom is a very powerful tool. Zoom ha- Zoom webinar is the tool, the add-on that Lindsay was talking about that allows you to stream into Facebook. So you can't stream your Zoom meeting into Facebook, but you can stream your Zoom webinar. And the advantage of that is, of course, that means that anybody who is inside your Facebook group because they're a paid member of your course, they can watch it natively inside Facebook and they don't have to have another piece of software. They don't have to make sure that their Zoom is, you know, is downloaded and ready to go and all of those things. So again, you're streamlining it for the user and it's not like you're adding a huge amount of complexity for the teacher. Yeah. And I would, I would add to, we even tell people, cause sometimes people, cause that makes Zoom's price now go up to $55 a month rather than 15. And so I tell students, I, I think Zoom makes it really easy actually to remove that. The way they talk about it on their site is really easy. There's no, it's not a plan that you're subscribing to. You literally add it and then you can go in there and remove it. And so I tell people, is it worth, if your course is six or eight weeks long, is it worth investing $80 so you don't have to download the video, upload it to the, to Facebook, um, and, and also allow the students to live attend. Is that worth $80 to you? And some students will say, no, it's not. Um, you know, and for me it was because I know the time it takes on my computer to download and there's always the processing and I'm on another call and I can't write like all these (laughs) terrible things that like come with downloading and uploading a video. And so to, to know that, because basically what's happening in the Facebook group is I teach students how to organize by units as well. So again, Facebook becomes really the true classroom. And so we put unit one and it says, you know, module one, you know, how to launch a course or whatever. And then it will have this workshop that I taught live. And it will also have maybe the Q&A session that I hold separately. And it might have a couple related posts that my students have, have posted. And so I then start organizing the classroom so someone can come in and just really quickly you know, get the material that they need. And so again, just to reiterate, it's saving me the time by spending $80. Um, and I can easily turn it off because I don't need to stream it after. Like, let's say you don't plan on, you know, going live in Facebook using Zoom. So then 
there you go. It, it was just $80. It's not like you're committing to this ongoing thing. And so I, I, I just am also trying to teach business owners that like paying for ease of use in tech, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you're, you're buying back your time and you're making it a great experience for your students as well, uh, like you were alluding to. Like if they're on Facebook, they don't have to download stuff. They're used to showing up there. A lot of times people are watching like at work or something. And so they, they don't have a whole like computer set up. It's just from their phone. And hey, I'm cool with that. They're showing up, they're trying to learn and I wanna meet them where they're at, so. Totally, totally. I want to pull one thing out of there and then sure. we're going to kind of start wrapping things up. What you said was that you are using Facebook group the way that they are helping us as creators, like using it in a way that allows the modules. And, mm. uh, and you know, I mean, there is this whole learning component that Facebook has added yep. to the groups that you are taking advantage of to make it easy. I love that like just the visual of the classroom, you know, yep. like you'll walk into, like I'll walk into my kid's classroom and I can see the lesson plans and I yep. can- The rows of chairs and where the yes. teacher stands and can, all the things. <laughs> yeah, you can see that. And this is one yep. way that you can, without a huge amount of overhead, without a huge amount of trial and error, recreate that that classroom online. So I really, really appreciate that. I mean, realistically, you've just told the entire tech of business audience that they can launch a course and spend $200. Yep. <laughs> or, little, or less, $15, maybe. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> $15 a month on Zoom. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, that totally makes sense. I, I mean, like what a way to just rock our way into to summer. get started yeah yes i mean we're yep. gonna be like in summertime i mean i know mm. that my work schedule is totally different in the summer things like that so maybe it's a time for me to create a course who knows maybe <laughs> <laughs> so Lindsay, i want to make sure that everyone knows how to connect with you knows where you like to hang out all of that kind of fun stuff so share your links your social whatever it might be cool come back to the curveball yeah, ooh, I'm waiting for it. Um, yeah, so you can find me at lindsaypedia.com or lindsaympedia. I'm sorry, right even there. I'm not even giving my right URL. Um, it is a, you may be watching this uh, or listening and it um, might be under construction still, um, but that is my home base. You can find some direct links there. Um, and I am, I'm really enjoying Instagram. Um, I am <laughs> literally haven't posted on my Instagram feed in over a year, but I just finished my brand board and I have Instagram highlights and my bio is pretty solid. I've been doing <laughs> stories left, right, and center, <laughs> but like, I'm not really playing the game like I should be, but I'm enjoying it. So um, come see me over there and see what I've been up to because you'll see the change in my feed. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where I've been getting a little more more personal, I would say on Instagram. Yeah. Very cool. We'll definitely have those links and the right link for your website <laughs> in the show notes. I love that. I mean, like that's the way we do it. We keep it real, you know, I yeah, mean, yeah. there's no sugarcoating this online business, which is exactly where I want to go with this curveball question is, can, have you found that someone who doesn't necessarily know how to teach can teach successfully, like by sugarcoating something that they know or like helping them create like a mini course or something that helps them find success so that they can then 
kind of dig in and do something bigger? I mean, I guess that's really kind of the question of like, if someone's sitting here listening or on the treadmill or whatever, and they're like, I really think that I could take do this course, but I don't know what people want. I don't know what people need. How do you help them find that gem or what, where, where do you have them look? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And it's a hard one to answer, like, because different people, I think, are at different points of that. (laughs) But for even a brand new person who's just like, yes, I have a knowledge and a passion um, and an expertise in this area, the way I talk about it in Build a Better Beta is you are an expert in your own life, in the things that you know about the world, whether it's you went all through, you know, years of education like I did or you spent years, you know, doing some sort of action or having some sort of job, you are an expert, right? You don't need to earn that from anybody. Um, you are that. Um, where, where you develop the authority, that is something that's outside of you. And I think that what we're all looking for in this space is to be referred to, right? Like, oh, Lindsay's the girl that will teach you how to launch a beta, right? So I build that authority. Yes, I have my expertise that like supports me in that, but the authority is the outside recognition. And so I think the building of the authority actually comes from showing up as the expert. So you already own that. It is your knowledge, it is your experience, and it's your passion. And so don't question that or think that you have to have a certain number of followers or your website has to look a certain way or whatever, because you're really looking ahead at the authority piece and you can build that authority simultaneously as being an expert and stepping into the expert that you are. And by truly launching and like, finally putting your course out there and doing the very scary thing of selling something, you are growing that audience. People are going to be like, oh, that's what she does. They've been waiting for you to say, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want people to recognize that it's already in them, that what they know is valuable. It's enough and who they are. They might not say it right the first time when they go teaching, but that's really not what teaching is. Teaching is about listening to your students. It's about Um, putting information and experiences together, but it's also about adapting and building relationships. And, um, and so you know how to do that. Um, So let yourself do that. Let yourself be the expert and build that authority through launching your course. Don't wait for it to be given to you later down the line. Perfect. 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 I love that. And I cannot wait to hear from members of the tech of business community What you're taking away from this conversation that Lindsay and I have just had, um, because I know that there's so many people who have so much to share Mm. and I'm excited to see where everybody goes with this. So Lindsay, I want to thank you again for coming on the Tech of Business podcast. Thanks for having me. That was really fun. It was a fun conversation. Cool, cool. Are you going to build a beta of that course that you're interested in running and creating your own online classroom? I know that that idea is really planted in my mind and I just have to figure out when, when it's going to happen and what that course is going to be. But 
oh my goodness, this conversation with Lindsay got me firing on all cylinders and I hope it did for you as well. Join me in the Tech of Business community at techofbusiness.com forward slash community. That's our private Facebook group for Tech of Business podcast listeners and everyone who is part of the Tech of Business audience and my clients and my friends and people who just understand the need for technology in their business and don't necessarily want to do it all themselves but want shortcuts. So I would love to have you join me in there. We are definitely going to be talking about courses and beta launching and all sorts of goodies that came from today's episode. So head on over into that community. And as always, sharing is one of my favorite ways of hearing that you are enjoying the podcast. So if you know someone who is thinking about launching a course, send them this episode. Let them know um, a little bit more about what Lindsay has to offer. And I know both Lindsay and I would appreciate that. And your friend is going to call you a genius. I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.